We are learning the Sichali Lunishmas Rabbi Yosef bin Yamin bin Rav Menashe Kaltman. Three Molochim came to Avraham in this week's Parsha with three tasks. Avraham greeted the Molochim, invited them to eat, and after they did so, they inquired after Sarah. In Pasuktes, Perakyutches, we read. And they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, Behold, she is in the tent. Rashi comments on these words, and they said to him, and explains. Three letters, the Aleph, the Yud, and the Vav, of the word Elav to him, have dots over them in the text of the Torah. Vitanya Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Eimer, we learn that Rabbi Shimon, the son of Elazar, said, Wherever we find in a word or phrase that regular letters are more numerous than dotted ones, seek to interpret these ordinary undotted texts. Here, where the dotted letters are more numerous, then the ordinary letters, you should explain the dotted letters. Ayoi, Aleph, Yud, Vav, these three letters dotted spell Ayoi. She'af Sarah Sha'alu Ayoi Avraham, teaching us that Sarah was also asked, Ayoi, where is Avraham? Lob Madnu, which teaches us, She'yishal Adam Ba'achsanya Shaloi. When one rests somewhere, when one is a guest, he should inquire of his host regarding the hostess and of the hostess regarding the welfare of her husband. Rashi then continues and says that in the Gemara in Baba Metziah, it is stated, the Malachim knew where our mother Sarah was, but they asked in order to highlight her modesty and endear her to her husband. Rabbi Yossi Barchanina says, says it was to send her on which they had said There are several difficulties with this Rashi. Rashi's explanation is only on the word a love. Why then does Rashi quote the word Vayemru in introducing his explanation? As well, Rashi only mentions the name of the one that he quotes when mentioning who originally gave the explanation, is somehow advantageous in understanding the explanation itself. How does mentioning Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar help us in understanding what Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar said? Also, this rule that Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar teaches, that everywhere that there is regular text, undotted letters, more numerous than dotted, the undotted text must be examined and understood, and is highlighted for understanding. Why then is it necessary to conclude that as and dotted text is more numerous than regular undotted must be explained and understood, where in fact leaving the Aleph, the Yud, and the Vav undotted and dotting the Lamed in the word a love would have accomplished the same thing according to this rule. So why were these three letters, the Aleph, the Yud, and the Vav, dotted? 
In addition to these difficulties that we have until now in Rashi's explanations, there's also a discrepancy between this Rashi and a later Rashi in this Parsha in Perak Yutes, chapter 19, Pasuk Lamed Gimel, verse 33. In this verse we read that after the destruction of, the, of Sittim, the daughters of Lot, thinking that in order to perpetuate life, they needed to lie with their father, got their father Lot drunk, and his elder daughter had relations with him. The Pasuk concludes with the words, Lo yoda and Lot in his drunkenness did not know when she lay down with him and when she rose. This word of Uvekuma, when she rose, is dotted. And Rashi explains the dotted Uvekuma as placed there to inform us that in fact, Lot did know that she got up. In which case, the dotted word here negates the statement that Lot didn't know, contrary to what the Pasuk seems to be saying. But the usage of the dots on the word or letters is completely contrary to what we learn in our Pasuk, in Perakud Ches, in Pasuk Tes, where the dots above the word Elav add to their meaning of the word. How can this be? As is the rule Rashi brings, the, mul the multitude or addition of dots requires investigation to see what it adds to the literal meaning of the verse. This Rashi is further challenging with a continuation of Rashi's explanation on the Gemara that Rashi quotes. The Gemara in Baba Metzia, which states that the Malachim knew where Sarah Imenu was, but wanted to laud her modesty before Avram to endear her more greatly to him. And the Gemara continues and Rashi quotes, Rabbi Yossi Barchanina says that they asked about her, in order to be able to give to her, to send to her, to partake of Kaisal Bracha. Both of these explanations, that the Malachim knew where she was, but wanted to point out her modesty, etc., and the explanation that Rabbi Yaisi Bar Hanina says it was to give her Kaisal Bracha, have nothing to do with the words that Rashi quotes from the verse, Vayoymru Elov, to the explanation regarding dotted words in Torah. It seems Rashi should have put these explanations under divrei, different divrei hamaschil, perhaps under the words, Aye Sarah Ishtacha, where is your wife Sarah? In fact, the question is deeper yet. Rashi quotes Baba Metzia saying that Tznuahisa, she was modest. It would seem that the beginning of this part of Rashi's explanation, which tells us the Malachim inquired about Sarah, is a contradiction to the modest behavior of Tzniyas, is a contradiction to modesty. Also, what is Rashi's reason for highlighting that it's the Gemara and Baba Metzia that tells us that they knew where Sarah was, but they wanted to endear her to Avraham for her modesty. And why does Rashi mention that it was Rabbi Yaisi Barchanina who said it was to send her Kaisal Bracha? We must ask further, was not the angels sending Sarah some of their Kaisal Bracha a breach of modesty? Avram could have given her of his. And are all three reasons that Rashi brings as explanations one should ask about the well-being of his host to the hostess, 
and the hostess to the host. The angels wanted to bring awareness of Sarah's modesty and awaken Avraham's affections, and to give Sarah of their kaisal bracha necessary. Would not one reason suffice to explain the literal intention of the pasuk? Here's another question. Earlier on in chapter 18 in Parakut Ches, verse 2, Pasuk Beis, Rashi told us that one of the missions of the Malachim, one of the Malachim's missions, is Levaser as Sarah to bring Sarah the news of her impending birth of a son, which makes the question, where is Sarah your wife, quite understandable. Indeed, the verse Pasuk Yud following our Pasuk, Pasuk Tess in discussion, reads, the Malach said, I'll return at this time next year, and Sarah will have a baby son. And Sarah's in the tent right behind him, and she heard from the entranceway. So why is the question, even a discussion in Rashi? Back to the three reasons Rashi gives. These are three unrelated reasons. Why then does Rashi bring them in one continuum without separating them with a davar acher, the words another thing, which Rashi commonly uses to divide unrelated explanations and even sometimes related explanations. And when discussing how Rashi brings these three together, we should mention too that Rashi, who brings the explanation of in order to give Kaisal Bracha in the name of Rabbi Yaisi Brachanina, changes the order in which the Gemara writes this. The Gemara actually says they asked about her to highlight her modesty and endear her to Avram, and Rabbi Yaisi Barabchanina says, Rabbi Yaisi Barabchanina Oimer, to give her Kaisal Bracha. That actually tells us, based on the placement of the words Rabbi Yaisi Barabchanina Omar, that Rabbi Yaisi disagrees with the previous opinion. Rashi changes that placement of words and writes, Omar Rabbi Yaisi, changing the meaning to indicate not disagreement, but continuance to the previous words of in order to endear her to Avraham. Let's understand and explain all of these issues. By explaining Vayimru Elav, and they said to him, and bringing the word Vayemru in the opening words of Rashi, Rashi covers the following. Aye Sora Ishtacha, as we said, is practically and literally understandable simply because, as the next Pasuk tells us, and Rashi explained previously, that one of the Malachim came for this purpose and tells Sarah that she will give birth. The challenge comes up in the word Vayemru, and they asked after Sarah, to which Rashi responds by quoting Baba Metzia with the explanations of the custom to inquire of the host about the hostess and of the hostess about the host, which all three Malachim did. Mentioning and quoting the Gemara, which teaches this custom, that just as they asked Avraham about Sarah's welfare, they asked Sarah about Avraham's Two, we question, why doesn't it just say so in the Pasuk? To this, Rashi answers, hence the many dots on the word a love to him and the need for the explanation. The Aleph, the Yud, and the Vav in the word a love 
which we read in the Pasuk, are dotted. So while Rashi, Rashi doesn't always explain a dotted word, here it's an important aspect to understanding Mikra, the verse literally. But this leads to another issue, and that is that the proper question in asking about someone's welfare is how are they, not where are they. Why do the Malachim ask, Aye Sarah, where is Sarah? And so Rashi explains that by continuing with the explanation in Baba Metziah, which says that the Malachim knew where Sarah was. She was in her tent, but they wanted to highlight that and thus her modesty and endear her to Avraham, and also to send her Kaisal Bracha. Thus they asked Aye Sarah Ishtacha. By quoting the words from Baba Metziah that they wanted to highlight her modesty, Rashi resolves another question. When a word or a letter is dotted, it indicates that it's different to other words. What is that difference? One cannot posit that the dot serves to, so to speak, erase the dotted word, because then why would the word be in Torah to begin with? So we understand that the dot is there to weaken the emphasis of the word. We find just this to be the case in Parshas Vayishlach, when Yaakov and Esav meet, and Vayashkehu, Esav kisses Yaakov. The dot on the word Vayashkehu tells us, says Rashi, that though Esav kissed him, it wasn't wholehearted. And even for the Pirush that Rashi brings from Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, who says it was wholehearted, it wasn't a regular kind of kiss that Esav would give because Esav's hatred of Yaakov is halacha, it's a firm Torah principle, so this kiss was a weakened kiss. The dotted word can also mean something else. The intention of the dot can be to detach the word from its place or detach a connection that exists. So when Rashi explains the dotting on the word uvakuma in Perikutes Pasuk Lamed Gimel, chapter 19 of our Parsha, which tells us that when Lot's older daughter lay with him, he didn't know when she lay down or bekuma rose up, Rashi says he did know, and that's what the dot is for. Because while Lot knew, she did not know he knew, and therefore the following night, the next verse tells us, she said to her younger sister to do the same, to get their father drunk, and that the younger sister should lie with him. The dotted word is disconnected from the words in Torah that say Yoda, that Lot didn't know when she got up, and is rather true for the older and younger daughters who did not know that Lot knew. Now, if the dots are there to weaken the emphasis of a word, then the three dots of Elov over the Aleph, Yud, and Vav are there to show that the question to Sarah, Aleph, Yud, and Vav, where is your husband, as is the custom to ask one's hostess regarding the welfare of the host, was a question that was posed almost in passing, the three letters dotted and not the Lamed dotted, particularly de-emphasize that word, ayoy, where is Avraham, your husband, the query to Sarah about Avraham, so that the modesty of Sarah would be respected. And so what is happening with the Aleph and the Yud and the Vav being dotted in this Pasuk, the ayoy, the question that the Malachim posed to Sarah, 
where is Avraham, your husband, or regarding the welfare of her husband Avraham, is asked in a muted way. Now, when we realize this answer, the question about respecting Sarah's modesty falls away with asking her about Avraham's well-being, because the dots tell us that the Aleph, the Yud, and the Vav de-emphasize the question asked. It was asked Bitsnius, retaining her modesty, as all the Mepharshim Rashi quotes clearly suggest. Turning to the explanation Rashi gives, telling us that the Malachim knew where she was and that Sarah was a tznua, and a modest woman, and prefacing it by quoting it from Baba Metzia, we see that Rashi's intention in doing so was because Rashi begins with an explanation. Rashi begins his explanation with an explanation from Medrash Rabbah and Bracious which quotes the klal in the name of Rabbi Shimon, that when there are many undotted letters, you explain the undotted. So here the Medrash, and so here the Medrash teaches there are more dotted letters, and these must be explained. And the meaning of these dotted, dotted letters is that the Malachim asked Sarah also about Avraham, teaching us that a guest should inquire of the host, read the hostess, and the hostess read the host. Rashi then continues quoting Baba Metziah as the source of the next part of Rashi, saying that they knew where she was, but to highlight her modesty, because in fact, in Baba Metziah, all three answers Rashi brings are taught, and all three answers complement and complete one another. So though the beginning of this Rashi is brought down from a medrash, rabba, and bracious. In fact, the Baba Metziah quotes all three answers. They complement and complete one another. Rashi actually quotes Baba Metziah saying, Baba Metziah Oimrim. Oimrim, they say, to indicate that this concept of Sarah's modesty was significant in all the answers presented in Rashi. And none serve as a contradiction in any way to this fact. Not the explanation that tells us that the Malachim asked her about Avraham, nor the explanation that they sent her Kaisal Bracha. Now, while all these explanations complement each other, why do we need the three? And why do we need the third reason? The dotted letters tell us that they asked Sarah about Avraham's well-being, and it is a custom to do so. And then the answer to why they asked where she was would be, though they knew, to highlight her modesty and endear her to Avraham. The issue is, though, that Avraham knew of her modesty, and the Malachim knew that, they, that he knew. She was already dear to him. And so was, the, so was the entire reason for asking of her whereabouts only to more deeply endear her to him. Therefore, the third reason brought down to send her Kaisal Bracha. But then we might ask, but they did know where she was, and in order to send her Kaisal Bracha, they didn't have to ask, which takes us back to the significance of our second answer. Though they knew, and Avraham knew, and they knew he knew, and that she was dear to him, they asked to further endear her to him, when Avraham would answer, she is in her tent. 
It seems, and the Rebbe does not say so, say this, that there is a phenomenal lesson in the mitzvah of making shalom between two people here. Everyone knows, and it's all good, but how great is the value of mentioning it nevertheless? And another good reason for the third answer, that they asked Aye Sarah Ishtacha, because they wanted to send her Kaisobracha. Now the reason for that is to highlight her modesty to Avraham, the Malachim didn't need to ask where she is, but rather just to point out that she wasn't there in public. That would highlight her modesty. The Pasuk, though, with emphasis on the bays, tells us she was Bo'oyhel, Avraham says, Bo'oyhel, specifically in the tent, and for the very practical reason of wanting to send her Kaisal Bracha, they asked where she was, Aye Sarah. Now we want to understand why did the Malachim send Sarah Kaisal Bracha from their cup? Why didn't Avram send from his? We asked earlier if this wasn't a breach in modesty. The answer is for an eminently practical reason. Avraham was busy hosting. Avraham hosted wholeheartedly and completely, serving the Malachim. Only the Malachim ate. The Torah doesn't tell us that Avraham ate, and so he did not have Kaiso Bracha to send her. And so in order to ensure that Sarah would receive a cup of blessing as Avraham was not partaking, the Malachim asked where she was and sent her through a shliach, a cup of wine of blessing. This explanation, though, would leave a five-year-old seasoned scholar, a Ben Chamish Lamikra, who was seasoned in his learning, still to wonder about the modesty and propriety of this. And so Rashi quotes Omar Rabbi Bar Hanina, who says in Meseches Brachas, that a woman better discerns her guests than a man does. And so, quoting Rabbi Yossi Bar Hanina here, is to assure us that Sarah discerned that these were special guests and not average people, and to receive Kaisal Bracha from guests like these was certainly not a breach of modesty. Once we've discussed all of this and we see that the three answers Rashi gives about on this, the three answers, excuse me, that Rashi gives don't contradict one another in any way. And the Molochim had the intention of all three answers given. There are still three different reasons that Rashi, for some reason, brings in one continuum with no Dover Acher to connect them all. And the reason for this is because all three of the Malachim asked Ayesara, each one for a different reason. For no angel has two tasks. To send Kaisal Bracha, one angel is sufficient. To inquire of Avraham's well-being with Sarah and vice versa, one angel. And so too to deepen Avraham's feelings of endearment for Sarah. We asked earlier why Rashi mentions the Klal regarding dotted or undotted letters, mentioning the one who taught it, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. 
The purpose of this rule, that when there are more dotted letters than undotted, one expounds on the undotted letters, is not in order to negate the literal intention of the verse. Certainly, as Rashi's intention is to explain the literal meaning of a verse, but in addition to the obvious meaning of the word, the dotting can indicate that the letters are a word unto themselves. In our discussion, the Aleph and the Yud and the Vav, which are dotted in the word Elav, are first and foremost part of a word, and therefore secondary to the original translation and intention of that word, and to the letter Lamed, which is of primary importance in the word Elav, El to him, that is the angel speaking to Avraham. And then the three dotted letters, Aleph, Yud, and Vav, are significant because they spell Ayoy, the angels asking Sarah about Avraham. Now the five-year-old scholar, the Ben Chamesh Lemikra, who is a seasoned scholar, will ask, how can the three letters dotted and creating a word on their own also be secondary to a single Lamed? And that answer is why Rashi mentions the one who said the rule, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. In Mesechas Beitzah, in the discussion about baking on Yom Tif, we find that Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says, a woman may fill an entire oven with bread, though she doesn't intend to use it all on the day of Yom Tif, because one bread bakes better when the oven is full. So the bread for the next day, which is Yom Tif, or that day, will consequently be better because of the lesser, so to speak, breads, or the secondary breads. Obviously, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar considers the unnecessary or secondary breads of value for the one bread. And in our discussion, the three letters can be secondary to the Lamed, the one letter. Chassidus teaches the following on Rashi's explanation of the teaching of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. When a Jew considers and realizes that the time he is involved in Torah and mitzvahs is minimal as compared to the time he's involved in eating, drinking, sleeping, earning a living, all permissible things, he is likely to feel despondent and experience a great lack and a void in his life that remains empty of Torah mitzvahs. The lesson for him to take here is that if these other things that he does, things permissible but not mandated by God, but he does them l'shem shamayim, for the sake of heaven, with intention of doing the work of the divine, he shifts those mundane things into the realm of holy and transforms them to aspects of Torah mitzvahs. Like the woman who fills her oven on Yom Tov with breads because a lot of breads will make the one she needs for Yom Tov delicious, and she's only really permitted to bake that one bread that she needs, all the breads in the oven become festive breads, breads for Yom Tov, and the oven isn't filled with lesser or unimportant breads, rather they all become Yom Tov breads. Similarly, when a Jew does permissible things, just the things needed for living, in a way that they become as things done for Torah mitzvahs, like the Altareba writes in Lukot Torah, in the verse in Teichacha that says that ten women will bake their bread in one oven, as an un- and is understood on a spiritual level, as when one learns his Torah, an analogy to bread, in the warmth of an oven, with the heat and fire of a love of God, 
all ten faculties of the soul of a Jew, analogy to the ten women, will be directed to this one love, to the love of God. Then, says the Rambam, he will become an Evedis Hashem Tamid, one who serves God always, even when he's involved in business, even when he sleep, sleeps, his sleep becomes a divine service, serving God in all that he does and in all his paths and ways, even the lowest ones. For this indeed is the very purpose of creation of worlds, to make a dwelling for God in the lowest of worlds, as is explained in great length in the Hemshech of Reish Samach Vav of the Rebbe Rashab whose birthday fell on the Shabbos that this Sicha was said. And this indeed will be a preparation for a time when no baking will be needed. For Eretz Yisrael will in the future with the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu give up wonderful foods when even the physical foods will be holy.